Well, good morning again. Um, today we're talking a little bit about um, temptation. And we're in a new series today, and it's the, the landscape of Lent. Lent is the 40 days from Ash Wednesday, which would have been this past Wednesday, until Easter Sunday. It's a time where we kind of set ourselves apart, we, we fast or we give up something or we take on new activities to bring us in to the Spirit of God, what God is teaching and showing us. And so in this season of uh, this sermon series, The Landscape of Lent, we're going to be looking at some of the locations in which Jesus walked along this journey. And we wouldn't be able to, to begin even this, this time without looking at the temptation of Christ. So if you'll look with me in our scripture, it comes from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13. I'm going to have it up on the screen. It's also in your bulletins. It, if you have Bibles, I promise it's in there too, okay? Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all authority, for it has been given over to me, and I will give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple saying, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from them until an opportune time. This is God's word for us today. Have you ever been tempted? You ever, and I'm not talking about Lent and say you've decided to give up chocolate or soda or, or chocolate milk or coffee or anything like that, and, and it's just there, right? I'm not talking about that kind of temptation. I'm talking about it, you're borderline about to, to give in, right? Okay, my example, I had to have a, a, a test run my freshman year of college that interfered with my final exam. So calculus one, I went to my professor and asked if I could take my exam early. He said, of course, I had a doctor's note, it was good. So I had my book and my notebook, and I go, and he takes me to this library. Did you know mathematicians have a library? They do. It's not all in their heads. So I go to this library, and they put me in this room, and he says, okay, when you're finished, just take it downstairs to the office and they'll put it in my box and I'm like okay are we allowed to have our notes he goes no this is you know you can have a calculator and that's it 
I have my book. I have my notebook. I have everything. He shuts the door and he leaves, right? No one else is in this room. There's not a soul even in the building, I don't think. It's 8 a.m. on a Friday morning. I don't think anybody else is alive at this point. And so there I am looking at this exam going, okay, how much do I really? And I believe for 20 minutes I just stood there looking at the front of the test and my books sitting beside me. And I'm talking about this is temptation, right? To open up and just to, it's all right there. I could easily make a hundred and do okay. And, and I ended up just having to pick my book and notebook up, open the door, put it outside and close the door and go sit back down to take the test. I couldn't even let it be in the room with me. Now, I know some of those books probably could have given me something, but I wouldn't even know where to start in, in that math library. And I did okay. I didn't make the grade I, I didn't make the hundred, but I, I did okay in that class. But it was so prevalent in my life right there to just, just open it up. No one would know, right? There's not a soul that would know. If you experienced that type of temptation, and maybe you laugh at that, right? That's not really temptation. But there's others. And we experience this, and it's all right there before us. It's like you're making this decision, and you've seen the cartoons, right? You've got an, a good angel on one side and the bad angel on the other side, and you're like, okay, who's going to get the ear, right? Which one is going to get me to turn my head? Which one am I going to succumb to? I was looking at images, and the one that came up the most that I almost did was Homer Simpson. So I'm kind of glad I chose this one and not Homer because I don't think Homer would ever choose the angel side. (laughs) But when we focus on what God is teaching us, we can hear people have suffered from this all along. We struggle with this in our lives. Oscar Wilde famously said, I can't resist anything but temptation. I think that we can all relate with this. The very nature of temptation is hard to resist. It's designed to make you give in. Temptation is linked to the idea of doing something that we shouldn't be doing. Something that's forbidden or banned. Rarely do we think that temptation is doing something good, right? Go on. Give your best coat to a homeless person. It'll be okay. We don't ever think of it like that. It's always a a negative side to it. It's the whispers in our mind encouraging us that that we can get away, we can lie, or, or we can borrow what isn't with ours without asking permission Just partaking of a a little bit. It won't do any harm, right? Do you hear these words? Do you ever hear these words? What difference is it going to make? Who's going to know? The biblical thought to tempt means to test someone. In our scripture this morning, it speaks about the Spirit leading Jesus to the wilderness. And there for 40 days, he ate nothing. For 40 days, Christ was out in this wilderness, hungry, trusting in God to provide. And what God is going to speak to him. And Christ is listening to the heart of God. After 40 days of giving something up, something that is vital to life, the devil comes. 
and says, turn these stones to bread. Now, I think I would have caved if he had brought the Carabas dish with the olive oil and the seasoning. You know what I'm talking about? And you dip it. Oh, yeah. I would have. Oh, sorry, God. <laughs> turn these stones to bread. And Christ quotes scripture and he says, man does not live on bread alone. We read from Luke today, but the gospel of Matthew adds but by the very word of God. We can't survive just on food. We can't survive on just bre- bread's good. I mean, bread's, bread's real, especially that dent. I'm sorry. Um, but we can't live off of that. We need God to sustain us. We need God to nourish us. We need God to speak that life into us. And it's not just life. It's not just the things that we think we need. We think we need bread when God is providing this. We think we need this when God is offering us a way to dive deeper into his word. Then the devil takes him to a pinnacle to this high place, and he he shows him in an instant. Do you hear that in the scripture? In an instant, he shows him all the kingdom, and the devil's giving him this power and authority. He goes, I have the authority to give you this if you would just worship me. Now, we may not have Satan taking us to this highest point, a place of worship, but I believe we have things before us in an instant that are saying, you need this. You need this in your life. In fact, we just celebrated a a football game that played a whole bunch of money for these advertisers to tell us what we need in our life. But it's more than that. It's what our friends are wearing, what our friends are driving, the houses they live in, the jobs they have. All the power and wealth that we think they have. That if you would just worship me. If you would just worship money. If you would just worship design and clothes and cars. If you would just worship this, it will all be given to you. I know it's not in the scripture, but I think we can draw a a line to these desires. Satan is, is offering Christ power in this moment that you will have it all and Christ again rebukes Satan with scripture serve worship the Lord your God and serve only him then he takes him one more place why is it always the third one that kind of draws your attention There's something like, I love food, the bread really gives me, the power is really powerful. But then he takes him to this point, and God knows that Christ, the the, the angels are going to take care of him. He knows that God loves him and is reaching out to him. And he takes him and he like dangles him. I had kind of seen him just holding him by his foot, you know, over the edge. It doesn't say this, but you get that image where he's just holding him over his foot at this edge and says, command the angels. If I drop you from this point, the angels will surround you and lift you up. To me, that's a pretty amazing miracle to let happen, right? Just take your mind there for a moment. If this scripture were to say God jumped, Christ jumped, and the angels came 
God saw this happening. The angels came and surrounded him and lifted him up, and he was not injured. What kind of miracle this is, right? I'm afraid of what that would speak to our world today about jumping. But he very clearly says, don't put your God to the test. And this is the one that I fall guilty of so many times. You ever said this? God, if you let me do this, God, if in seminary, right? God, if you let me pass this New Testament test, I promise I will. And he finished the sentence. God, if you let me do this, if you let this happen, if you give me a child, I will do this. I feel like I've always laid before God these little tests. Like God's decision is contingent upon what I do, right? What God does in my life, what God teaches me, what God speaks to me is contingent upon me uh, reading a chapter every day. Fasting on Wednesday and maybe every other Friday. You know, I mean, like it's contingent upon my doing something. Christ very clearly speaks to this. Do not put the God, your Lord, to the test. In this temptation of Christ, it lays before us the foundation to prepare for these 40 days. Of examining ourselves. Of looking at the things that we are doing, the things that we are allowing to get in our way of looking to Christ. Of looking to Christ's life, death, and resurrection at Easter. Lent is a time of self-sacrifice, of self-renewal, of focus in on Christ and Christ alone. But I believe if we truly accept or, or begin a, a service of Lent, if we truly fast from something, then we're going to experience these temptations. My birthday, 90% of the time, falls during the season of Lent. Do you know how many times I've given up sugar or something for Lent, and I'm sitting there going, thanks, Mom, for the birthday cake. I can't eat here. You know, and it's just, it's frustration. It's like it's always there before you hear. Turn this into stone. Turn the bread into, turn the stone into bread. Have your cake. But then I think about the times where this season, I put myself in a, in a place of power. I live in a world that, that I'm supposed to be a, a good person, right? Uh, Y'all kind of expect your preacher to be a good person, right? Uh, we'll answer that later. Um. But you focus in on things that aren't prevalent to what God is wanting. You, look, you give in to the temptations of, of social media, of, of, of television, of, of just media in general, and what it's speaking to this world and speaking to our children and speaking to us today of what we need and desire and want. And we allow that to enter in instead of allowing the, the Spirit of God to touch us and speak to us and lead us in this way, in this life, to follow after Him. And then I know in this season for me, there's going to be a time where I say that if-then statement with God. I think I probably even said it Saturday at Eddie's competition. Lord, if you let her stay on the balance beam. 
what would it matter? These are all things that we put as a priority. These are all things that we lift up to that mountain, that pinnacle, that peak. These are all things that we desire, we want, we focus in on. I challenge you today to go and look at the things that are important to you. Make a list. But don't just look at the surface things. I invite you to really go deep. For me, it is season six, the final season of Downton Abbey. That's a priority in my life. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to finish this season out. But would it matter if I did? Would it matter if I had the car that I drive, the clothes that I wear? Would it matter if we had these seats or even seats at all? What we focus in on is not what God is drawing us to in this time. This season, this season of preparing for Christ is for us to look to the cross of Jesus Christ. It is for us to examine what Christ went through. If we claim the name Christian, if we say that we believe in Christ, then we are to live our life like Christ did. We are to be, in essence, little Christ. Christ fasted for 40 days, was tempted three times, and never once gave in. But the temptation does not end there. You hear what the last line of this verse, our verses today. The devil departed from him until the next opportunity. I invite you, as you examine what your priorities are, if you examine what your focus is, what's important to you, I invite you then to pray against those things so that the devil would not see those as an opportunity to come into your life and to pull you away from the glory of God. Invite you as a temptation to speak this this desire into you. That you would see a distance, that you would see a separation in your life from these pretty things and what God is having for you. I invite you to soul search, to look deep, to be guided in God's love, to focus on him, him alone, and what he's speaking to your faith, that you would grow deeper that your faith would have no borders, that you would know the depth of the ocean of God's love. That it's never going to fail you. He's here wanting you to take that next step. Don't let it just be a time of another day, a Valentine's Day. But let today be a day for you to focus in on God. What God is going to have you do and how you are going to take another step to seek after God. 